Charles. Cheers. 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 Yep, that's us. That's just a taste of what you're in for. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast miniseries, Drunken Marketing. We're here to drink some wine and share ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences with you. We're all part of a B2B marketing team and work together at our nine to five. Sometimes working in marketing can be funny, annoying, or just straight up weird. Our team is going to give you a behind the scenes look at marketing while sharing hilarious stories and situations that we found ourselves in. Let's be real. Some of these stories may not have been funny at the time, but in hindsight, they make us laugh and we've grown to become better marketers because of them. So grab a glass of wine and join us as we tell you the lessons we've learned the hard and funny way. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Drunken Marketing. If you're like us and you've been at the marketing grind for a while, you've probably seen a thing or two that really irks you. So today we're going to let out some steam and share some of our most annoying marketing pet peeves. If you really want to know what frustrates us, stick around. We've narrowed it down to 11 of our favorites. So let's go ahead and dive in. One of my favorites is when a meeting could have been an email because I don't have a lot of meetings as it is, but when I go into a meeting and someone has an entire hour on my schedule and they take five minutes because they just wanted to put the full time on there. I'm just like, all right, can I leave yet? (laughs) I'm done with this. I agree, Paige, because it's such a waste of your time because I feel like not only that, but when you get into meetings, like, I mean, I don't know, like I like to chit chat a little bit. So like, there's always like a little bit of chit chat and then you have your, like you go through the topic And if you realize that like you literally spent 30 minutes doing something that you didn't need to be doing and they could have sent it to you and you could have responded literally like, and we, we complain about meetings, right? I don't think people realize how much time it takes up. And the other thing that I have to note here too, is when people look at your calendar and see like one slot open for the entire day and they're like, I'm going to take that 30 minute slot. And it's always at lunch too. And you're like, okay, I want to eat. That's fine. And if you take it and it's one of these meetings where it didn't have to be a meeting, that's when I'm going to get like really upset about it. Wasn't there like a study that came out how much productivity you are between meetings because you need like almost a half hour to get into the groove of things. So if you're going from meeting to meeting and you have 15 minutes to crank something out, you're really not getting anything quote unquote done. I think it was that you need to get like, Isn't it you need like 20 minutes to get in the zone or to like refocus? My favorite is when you get into the meeting and there's no agenda or when you get the initial invite and you have no idea what the meeting is about. Like there's zero notes, there's zero agenda. Paige claims that she doesn't accept the invites anymore. Yeah. At some point I was just like, this is a waste of my time. Like I would get into the meeting and it would be like, oh, you have nothing ready for me. So I would just turn around and leave. So now I just I decline it or I say pending and then I respond with like a what what are we going to talk about and that helps me decide yes or no can you blame me I don't know I feel like everybody should do this super smart we should be more like Paige I need to learn (laughs) from her ways you need the bracelet (laughs) be like Paige (laughs) I have gotten to the point though where if there isn't an agenda I will ask for one where I will say like okay like can you at least like help me understand what this is and I also think it's very important to call out if a meeting is like a status update or whether like what type of meeting is it in your meeting agenda is it a status update 
is it a quick catch up for something that you already previously maybe were emailing about and you're like, you know what, we need to chat, like, let's just catch up about this. Because that's the best way to do it. First, try to solve it. And then if you're like, no, we need to take this to a meeting, let's do that. But if you, but I think the really important one is if you are setting up a brainstorming meeting where you want people to bring ideas or to like to collaborate, it's really important to call that out or else nobody's going to come prepped. And then you're like, well, shit, put a meeting on everybody's calendar. They showed up here for five minutes. It's awkward and uncomfortable and we got nothing out of it. Crickets. Yeah. Or you're going to get the, oh, give me a couple of days and I'll think over it and then I'll send you my notes. But the idea is to brainstorm with like, a group of people because then you get better ideas when you build off of each other. So yeah, I think we have that time and time again in our company. Agreed. I feel like the key is to put thought provoking questions in the invite there then, right? Something they need to have thought about, an article they need to have read, or like they just need a little bit of background so you can come prepared and it's not a wasted 30 minutes or worse an hour. Um, maybe some people should just not be able to even set up a meeting, I think is what we're kind of getting to here. <laughs> I agree. That's not a I bad agree. idea. Um, I feel like there's a certain team that we work with. They typically don't include an agenda and then they expect you to run the meeting, even though they're the ones that scheduled it. Yeah. So it's very confusing when there's no agenda and you're set to run the meeting, but you have no idea what it's for or why you should be running it. This happens I to me agree. so much. <laughs> I show up and I'm like, wait, I'm running this? Wait, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm really not prepared. And then you just feel like you're inadequate and you like don't know your job, but you kind of were blindsided by the whole thing. You're like, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing? That's my least favorite situation to be in. And it's a very real situation too. Like happens all the time. Another, okay. So another pet peeve of mine for meetings though is like when either too many people are invited where you have too many ideas or like people don't feel comfortable having conversations because there's like 20 people in a room or when people are not invited who really should be like the decision makers because a lot of times where I'm in a meeting and I'm like, well, Charlotte and Sarah kind of need to be here because they do X, Y, and Z before it even gets to me as the designer. So like you skipped a couple people. So it's like, oh, well, this is a little bit of a waste. So too many people equals no one takes accountability for anything, which equals shit doesn't move forward. So I don't know. You You need to have the right people, but you also need to not have too many people or else mm -hmm. nothing gets done especially virtually like yeah I feel like that's even harder than when you're in person agreed you know when else things like don't get done things also don't get done when people don't read your emails like which is number two on our list because if people don't read your emails it's just as bad as coming to a meeting where you have no agenda or something that you didn't even need to talk about because actually I would say that not reading emails can cause unnecessary meetings I feel like that's kind of like a domino effect yes I I love me I love emails so <laughs> I thought I you were gonna send... say you love meetings <laughs> no opposite so when I send an email I usually list out like my action items or my questions that I have for somebody and when they respond with like not answering them or thanks or Great idea. I'm like, wait, 
can, can per my last email, like you skipped a few things. <laughs> like I do need you to respond to X, Y, and Z for me. So what's happening is that they're on their phone and now phones give you like those suggested responses that are like, okay, Sounds great. great. Sounds great. That's a that's really true. And then they're just selecting those to respond to it. And like I get that some people will acknowledge that they got your email, but maybe not respond yet. And I do like appreciate, okay, you saw this, great. I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna respond. But like you can't just say, sounds good. And then, like that, like ignore everything that was in the email before. You're like, I had five questions for you, and you just responded with "sounds good," and those questions were even bulleted out in one, two, three, four, five. Like, what are we missing here? Do you I, think that I asked those questions for funsies? No, like I actually <laughs> need them to do my job. I'm super like petty, and I like forward the email I already sent and highlight the questions that they didn't answer. And I'm like, hmm, please respond. <laughs> I like when someone gives you either a blanket yes or a blanket no. And you're like, to which question though? Like, <laughs> like there were five questions and it's all yes or all no? Like, I don't know. I'm going to take this however I want. It's never great. Oh, do you know what a great experiment would be? If, so say these questions are for a collateral request. If we created the piece based on the way that someone answered the questions and their ability to communicate about this and then we sent it back and we're like well this is what you gave me <laughs> it would be so it'd be like a blank page at some point <laughs> like sometimes we people respond and they have no idea what they're even requesting at that point so that would <sighs> be hilarious like if somebody doesn't answer the questions and you literally send them a blank PDF and you're like, here you go, here's your collateral. <laughs> you're welcome. There's nothing here. I think they might call that passive aggressive, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, they might go right back to you, Charlotte, and be like, Paige is not great at her job. She's a little sassy. Paige is being sassy. sassy. I wanna use the image of the dog that's standing on the desk that's barking. And it's like he's yelling at him and people are like, per my last email. And that's <laughs> what I'm gonna just start the email with. Oh, it's so true. I think I sent you guys the Instagram recently. I don't know. I mean a meme or a gif or a gif, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> gif gif. That was no, I think that gif is the right way to say it. I actually Googled it last year. I think you're right. And but I don't like it. So I'm gonna no. say gif. <laughs> Peanut butter. You'd yeah, be like, yeah. did you get that gif? I want some more jiffy. So I think I shared you guys shared with you guys something that was like, I don't know, passive aggressive email responses and like how to respond to them. And it was a bunch of people going back and forth. Oh, it's so great. We'll have to reshare that. Amazing. It was like what Chad says in email or something, I think was the video. Mm-hmm. So because it was a woman like typing out her response and being like super polite and being like, please respond with, you know, blah, blah, blah. And instead she's like, respond period <laughs> she had to like cut all of her niceness out of it oh the or like like per my something something the data in this spreadsheet does not match my findings please confirm the attached data whereas like the woman would be like please confirm blah 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 and then it was just like confirm <laughs> yeah it's like take all the niceties out of this yeah take all the niceties the smiley faces 
anything that's like basically human. <laughs> the things that Katie and Kelly, I think, wasn't that your personalities where it was like, unless it has a smiley face or an exclamation point, you think someone's upset with you? If yes. They were, don't... <laughs> yes. I need all the exclamation points. <laughs> I need people to know when I'm in a really good mood and I need people to know that my tone is like, happy or like whatever and like yeah if there's no smiley faces or anything it's like you better take note because that means it means I'm being serious down to business <laughs> I think I sent you guys they were like these framed images of like per my last email that were supposed to be like decorative quotes or imagery for our, our future wine and whiteboards office Per my last email that I sent four weeks ago that I followed up to seven times, can you please give me this information so I can move your project forward that you requested? So I just request you sent me in December. It's now May and we still haven't moved this forward. So that's great. (laughs) I just had to do one of those emails today. I was like, haven't heard in two weeks. Any progress? Question mark. I'm like, "Mm, sorry. you kind of have to point those things out sometimes to people. I know. Or else they're not going to make any changes or do anything differently in the future, right? No. I have one more pet peeve under email, though, that I think we have to address. It's when you give an idea and you're on this big thread and no one takes you seriously or no one agrees with it until either a leader, an executive, or I'm sorry to say, but a man says the exact same thing. And then somebody's like, what a great idea. And they take it seriously. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve of all. You're like, I already said that. Go back seven emails. Right? Like, can I be petty and like highlight and be like, hey, I said it first, raising my hand. I guess you could respond with like, yay, thanks for agreeing with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea. So number three is going into when somebody has lack of attention to detail. So this one... uh, Guys, I so I actually personally feel very conflicted on this one because I know that sometimes I'm so guilty and I know I'm guilty. Me too. Uh, but I do hate it when other people do it too, depending on the situation. Like, uh, I guess it depends though, because there are certain things that like I will reread over and over and over. It depends who my audience is. And I don't know. I, this one, this one's hard for me. <laughs> I know I everyone I'm- makes mistakes. Right? Like, I totally get it. I make mistakes. And I would say I'm, like, probably a number one copy editor, proofreader, right? Like, I take great pride in catching all of the mistakes, but I definitely still miss things. But I think this one, when I wrote it, was more like, we are email marketers. And so when you do send something out, you do want to make sure it is, like, 100% as correct as possible. And when you hire or pay someone to do a job and you've asked them to fix and edit multiple times and it still ends up wrong or the name of your company ends up misspelled or like something that you thought you would never even have to pay attention to, like those are the worst ones because no one has time to read an email like 500 times to make sure it's like correct. Yeah, I feel like we're talking about repeat offenders here, not just like, oh, I missed something here, I missed something there. This is a constant between some people. That's fair. It's like a trust thing. Like, you lose trust because you have to triple check Mm -hmm. what they do every single time. And that's a lot of time out of your schedule that you have to do because it's like, I hired you for this job. Like, (laughs) maybe you need to do that. I saw this thing, though, a while back, and it was like for, it was a freelance meme, And it was ways to respond. And it was like, instead of saying, oh, like, so sorry for this 
you know, error. Instead, it's like, thanks for pointing that out. I'm like, hmm, I've been using that lately. <laughs> thanks for pointing this out. I mean, it helps because you're not like admitting that you're failing, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I messed up. My right. bad. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. That was the person. But I feel like I have to tack onto that though is when someone messes up, but then doesn't like fess up to their mess up, you know, like just admit you didn't fix what I told you to fix already. Like, I think that is what irritates me even more. Like if I pointed something out, told you to fix it and I find that again, like at a certain point, I'm going to be like, come on, like, could you read my email? Could you double check your own work? Because I don't have time for this. Or they choose just to not change it for no reason. Like they think they're better than the, the suggestion. I'm like, but I'm hiring you to do this change. Like, can you tell me why you didn't decide to change X, Y, and Z? Like, tell me. Greg, this is what I want. And yeah, I'm the client here. I'm the client. Yeah. Me. This is number four is me. When you have a process and no one follows it. So mm. marketers and designers, we have a process. Like that's how we get shit done better and, you know, like work faster. So I actually created a design request form at our company and we were like, what a great idea. Like we have the same type of questions we ask people over and over. So we'll create the super simple form that people just have to like fill out. Well, it doesn't actually get done sometimes. So I think it's when people decide like not to use your process that it kind of irks you because you're like, I'm trying to make it easier on both parties and you hate having to ask people to do it, you know, multiple times. I know. To be fair, I could be more helpful when it comes to this because I definitely <laughs> know that this exists. And so I could like respond to people and send this to them and say like, hey, can you fill this out? Blah, 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 blah. Consistency is key. What do they say? It takes 21 days to build a habit. So mm -hmm. if someone only makes a request a couple times a year, I can't blame them for forgetting that this exists or whatever, but I could definitely pull my weight here. I kind of have given up, so it's my fault too. <laughs> if people email me, I'm like, all right, whatever. When's your deadline? <laughs> I just give them like a few of those questions to answer. This one's like a catch-22 because you can't make people use something that they, I don't know, for some reason that doesn't work for them or they don't ever use or know where it's at or located. So I feel like we have to find a better way, right? Or a better, a place where people are already going, which I, at one point I thought we had talked about this, but we haven't like fully moved on with it. It does take repeat reminding and we maybe have to put it in like our signatures, like in our email signatures. Do you have a design request? Click here. Actually, that's a brilliant that's moment. really good idea. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> that's a really good idea. That's what happens when you drink wine. Good ideas. <laughs> so I feel like this is also part of change management. So a process seems like a hindrance. What, that's a big word to use while I'm drinking wine. So a process seems like difficult or whatever or annoying when you have to use it for the first time. But over time, it does, it does make things easier. So you just have to get people to commit to it. And it's like sleep training my baby. You have to be consistent because when you aren't, people don't follow the process. So 
I don't know. The more they use it, then the easier it'll be. So like, I feel like it would take some practice to get some turnaround. Agreed. To be fair, I don't think there's a couple processes that we have not been great at like reiterating or leveraging. And I think sometimes we're like, okay, fine, we'll just take the cross. It's almost like you don't have the time. You don't feel like you have the time. You have to make the time in order to like correct the behavior and enforce the process, which is the hardest part. It's supposed to eliminate some of the back and forth because the problem when people send you a rogue request is they always miss the details. They don't tell you when it's due. They don't tell you who the audience is. Like they're missing the key points that don't allow you to like, so you can't even move forward with the request. But also when you have turnover, I feel like that's the hard part too. Like you're continuously getting new people. So then they have to learn the new processes. And in the end, it just becomes easier to send an email. If someone isn't able to fill out the form, it will probably make them second guess whether the request that they have is really needed or not. Because if you can't complete the form and you're missing this information, it obviously deserves more thought. So we did make this process for a reason, and I think we just have to be a little bit better about sticking to it. So we have this problem, and we know the solution to the problem, but we are feeding into the problem. So essentially, we're annoyed with ourselves. <laughs> I do think that maybe the, the problem will go away for a minute when Paige is out on maternity leave because people can't send an email directly to her. Like, she will be cut out of the process. No one will have direct access, so they will have to go to the more like marketers versus the designers. So we'll see. I feel like it's like a challenge that we have to fix this by the time Paige comes back from maternity leave. We can do it. Yeah. I actually really like that goal because, yeah, it's going to actually remove part of the, I don't want to say you're part of the problem, Paige. You're, you're, <laughs> part of the, you're part of the process that we need to, like, remove for a minute and then. Well, because I am part of the problem because I didn't realize I was for a while. I thought people already went through the process of, like, talking to either you or Charlotte. And, nope, they went around you. And that they think that's one of the upcoming pet peeves. But, like, I was like, oh, they haven't approved this? Oh, okay. Like, I just was going forward. I thought it was like, check, done. Now it's my because turn. Because people realized that Sarah and I are the gatekeepers and we keep the floodgates closed and that they're like, oh, well, there's this obstacle and I can go around the obstacle because people know that you're nice now. So <laughs> you need to put on that RBF a little bit better. <laughs> it's so hard virtually. But yeah, like if we were working in person, I'd be like, hey, Sarah, did you see this email from blah, blah, blah? And you'd be like, no, it'd be a lot easier versus now we're virtual. I'm I'm not going to email you every request I get and be like, hey, is this approved to come to me? <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a tough one. But I think this happens. So these are structured really well, guys. These flow Thanks. very nicely. Because number five on our list of pet peeves is when people send you last minute requests. And I feel like this happens, like people go directly to page for design items specifically around this. And they definitely go around sometimes because they know that Sarah and Katie in particular are the gatekeepers and want to keep, you know, keep what comes in and out very managed so that we have quality assurance and things are, things are up to the standards that we want them to be. I'd like to think it's because we ask the tough questions. Like we're trying to think of the strategy and like why and how and what is this trying to accomplish and the goals. 
But those are questions I feel like people haven't thought about or they don't have the answers readily available. So they're just like, I'm just going to send Paige exactly what I want her to do. And no offense to Paige, but she'll be like, OK, and then spins up this beautiful <laughs> document. And I'm like, why have I never seen this? And it's been out there for months. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> bad. Yeah. But like the last minute request, everyone on this team has had this. Like you get the dreaded oh, yeah. last minute email. It's either like someone sends you a request and needs an urgent change or like ASAP in the, you know, the description or it's after hours on the weekend. Like I know we've all had this and it's like Friday night and they expect it that night. I'm like, well, I had plans. Like, I don't know about you, but I didn't expect to work till seven on a Friday. My favorite is when people reach out and they're like, hey, do you think we can spin up some collateral or spin this up? I'm like, well, that's a whole new thing. We don't, because sometimes you can get scrappy and like say, okay, we have a couple existing things that we can pull from and kind of piece some things together and we have existing content. And, but like, if something is literally net new, you don't just spin things up. You have to figure out your goal, your audience, you have to get your content and you reiterate your content over and over and you rework things and then you send it to design and then you have like, edits to the design and it's just it's very interesting to me when those requests come our way when people like ask for last minute requests though I wonder if it's a time management thing a lot of the you know mm. where it's like was this truly last minute or is because you delayed this until the last minute and now you're like shit I need this tomorrow I'm gonna ask Paige or whatever the marketing team I think some of it is time management I think some of it is managing expectations from clients, which totally can be difficult. And I definitely sympathize with that because it is an account manager's job to keep that relationship healthy with a client and et cetera. So I understand that. I understand last minute requests totally do happen. But I have a question. I'd like to survey the audience. So what does it mean to you when someone, I, this is my thing. I like to survey the audience. <laughs> what does it mean to you when someone says, when you ask them for a due date on something, sooner rather than later? Worst answer ever. <laughs> yeah. That's like, it also gives you the flexibility to be like, that was the soonest I could do. <laughs> Sorry, it's a month from now. Sooner rather than later. Never. <laughs> it sounds very passive aggressive. Like, well, sooner rather than later. Like, well, sooner to me is like in a week, but... Okay. Later is two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. I think my response would be, I can only operate off of hard deadlines or like I can only operate with a date in mind. Like sooner, like, I don't know. What does that mean? Sooner to me, like, depending on I what don't it know. is. I, I get that answer all the time when I said, when do we need this? Sooner rather than later. Okay. Well, to me, like a very anxious person, I'm like, okay, well, is that like tomorrow? Is that? <laughs> Next month? I don't know, but it seems like every time I guess, I never get it right. Because <laughs> huh. I thought you were going to ask, like, if someone asks you and says, I need it by May 12th, is that morning? Is that afternoon? Do they need to review it before it's the end of day, like, deadline? Because, I mean, a day is a large, you know, timeline in, in itself. So if someone says sooner rather than later, I don't even know what to respond with. I feel like if someone says sooner rather than later to me, I'm like, I throw out the date that I think the soon is acceptable for. I'm like, okay, well, if it's May 11th, how about 
May 25th. And then like, and I wait and see what they say. <laughs> I'd say I've actually been pretty good at putting out two weeks at this point when people mm -hmm. ask for something and they don't give me a clear date. And I'm like, well, when do you need this by? And they don't tell me. I'm like, okay, well, two weeks from now because we need at least a solid week for copy, editing and reviewing. And we need a solid week for design. And even two weeks is pushing it in my mind with everything else we have yeah. going on. But that always like buys me time, I feel like. And typically people are like, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, so there really is more flexibility than you think. You just have to like ask for it. Or if that's the initial thing you put out there, then I mean, you can always give it to them sooner, but I wouldn't, what is it? Under, under promise, over deliver? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I actually try and schedule at least a week out of my projects and what I'm doing. Sometimes I try and do at least two weeks to a month because I have a lot of projects on my plate. So when someone adds something else, something has to get pushed. You know, you kind of have to drop the other projects to accommodate it. And that's fine when it happens occasionally. But if it's consistent, it's just like, ugh, I hate this person. Well, also, once you make the exception one time, does that like open the floodgates for all the other times? Because then it kind of sets a new precedent. Like, yes, can we do something for you by tomorrow? Probably. But if you're always going to ask for it by tomorrow, like that's not a thing we can keep up with, We're, you know. I like being bribed. I remember a few times when we were in the office, someone brought me lunch when they had a last minute request. And another person would bring me Diet Coke, which is like my weakness. So, I, you know, if I'm going to get something out of it, sure. But if it's like a thanks is my reward. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally cool getting bribed as well. Like if somebody brought me lunch for like a last minute request that they are, yeah, sure. Like that would work. That yeah. would definitely work. Or wine. Wine would be great. Or wine. Something I can consume usually, a food or beverage. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with that. So along the same thread actually is number six, which is when people ask for a tight deadline, but then take forever to respond. Because if you do have a last minute request, it's important to recognize that you are making a last minute request and you should probably do your fair share to make sure that that last minute request can be executed on. Definitely not always the case. We may have an instance or two in mind with this. Literally the worst. <laughs> I have a project that was a last, or like, I mean, it was a tighter deadline. They needed it within the week. And I have yet to hear from them three months later. I have followed up with them many, many times. <laughs> Mind blowing to me. I've given up. I just was like, all right, I'm going to check this off as done because clearly it's not on your to-do list anymore. Crazy. Crazy. So sometimes I wonder if it's like the more urgent where they're like, this has to be done. It's like, well, we got some time. This is that sooner rather than later deadline that Katie is done. <laughs> sooner rather than later. Oh, three months. <laughs> Therefore, I feel like you should always push back on people and be like, I feel like we've had to start asking, like, how are you using this? Where is it going? When will it be going out? Because they'll ask for something but then there's actually no use case for it. There's no, it's not going in an email. It's not being sent to a client or distributed by the client. So then wouldn't you be creating a document that's just going to sit in digital land for a while? <laughs> digital land, I like that. I don't know what to call it. Well, my thing is like, when I get a request and it's you know a tighter deadline, I'm delaying meetings, I'm pushing other projects, 
to get it done on their timeline because they were very adamant that they needed it by then. And then it takes them like a week to a month to respond. And I'm like, well, that was just rude, (laughs) you know, and you have to follow up with them if they have changes. That's, that's even worse. Or you spend your Friday night working late to get this thing done that never happened or not worse, because I don't want to say that my time is worth less than money, but there are certain things that we hire out. So like we might spend money to get something done and then it just doesn't get used. So I'm like, okay, that was a waste of my time and our budget. And I was just sitting there. So that was like a three-peat. I call it a really hurry up and wait game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point, Katie, because not only is it time, but it's also like money. I feel like things come out of our budget, though, so people don't feel the, I don't know if pain is the right word, but they don't feel it as much as us. That's a really good point, because I feel like some people are sensitive to the budget, and they don't want to do things because it costs money, and we're kind of like, well, that's how it it works. If we need to do it, and we should do it, it doesn't mean we shouldn't, just because it costs money. Yeah, like, some teams will ask us how much something costs, like a press release, for example, and it's like, Okay, I can tell you how much it costs, but, like, why are you asking that? Shouldn't it be, like, what is the value it's producing? We should be creating something that's effective and going out there and being used. And then for us to go and create something and then not have you use it, well, then the ROI is definitely negative at that point, (laughs) right? Like, it never even saw the light of day. It's just, it's interesting. Boy, that's a tough one. I struggle with that one, for sure, in terms of, like... It don't make me hurry up and wait. Just don't. It's not worth my time. This is probably a poor analogy. I wish however much time someone makes you wait to receive their edits, that you can make them wait to receive the final product. I feel like it's not allowed. You know, like it's a double, a weird double standard that you're not allowed to enact that same kind of urgency or lack of urgency on something. Because I don't want to be associated as the person who takes, you know, a month to respond to somebody. That's the other thing is I I have it. Maybe it's a personal thing where I don't want to be perceived as somebody who doesn't deliver or somebody who's the hold up or whatever. But if it was an acceptable practice to be like, well, it took you three months. So you're (laughs) going to have to wait three months to get it. Sorry. Here's half a year went by. Yeah. We'll talk about this in August. Oh, my God. Uh, It's a personal pride thing, then. It is, yes. Clearly, we were upset by this one, so we broke out the number seven into its own category of when you have to follow up with somebody a million times. So we kind of set it in number six, but my thing is, I'm not your babysitter. You made the request. You contacted me. I don't want to have to follow up with you one, two, three times to get this task done because technically I'm the one doing you the quote-unquote favor, so... I don't want to be ghosted and you know like that's just it's just not okay I guess like this is twofold right if somebody made a request it's different if you have to follow up with somebody about something else multiple times maybe you need to look at how you're communicating and what you are communicating but yeah if somebody reached out to you first asking for something from from like our perspective right from what we do and how we help our internal customers Like, having to follow up multiple times is just not a good use of our time. 
How long do you wait before you stop following up and just let it fall off? I'm laughing because Katie, don't you have an item that's been sitting out there since like December? I assume you've stopped following up at this point in time because we're in May, which would make this five months, no, six months. I'll up you one. Are there you done? A, no, there up. is a high priority item that has been open since July of 2019. Cheryl's taking off her glasses. I think I know what that's, this is. That's clearly high priority. I mean, it's like going on two years now. It's so priority that no one even knows like what to do. Katie, I feel like Charlotte had to take her glasses I, off and like I remember. I remember exactly what this is. It took me a minute to think about it and I was like, oh yes, I remember now. Does this mean oh. Katie's going to leave the organization before this item is completed? Yes. <laughs> yes, that does. For any listeners who care about my personal life and my job. I have decided to take a step back to be a full-time mom for a little bit. So while we say we all work together in our nine to five, unfortunately, by the time you're listening to this, I will probably be out of the nine to five and I'm officially retired until further notice. <laughs> I want to be retired in my twenties. will still, she will still be participating in wine and whiteboards and working on all of our projects. So she's going to make me be. more yeah, it's going to make me more excited to record because then we can see her pretty face. Yes. We will miss you. Okay, no no tears yet. Let's keep No going. tears. <laughs> we all kind of have this realization it's happening within like a couple weeks, so. I know. Like, I'm like going to want this to happen. I know. <sighs> I just had a moment of like, we planned a little get together for like, because Paige is leaving us and having a baby. Not leaving us. She's moving out of the state and yes. having a baby. And I'm like, oh, but it's also a farewell, Katie. <laughs> there may be tears shed at this like gathering. I'm eight months pregnant. I'm emotional with like everything these days. Paige is allowed to cry for anything. No one else is allowed to cry. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 years of bottled up tears. Just <laughs> I was gonna say, Paige doesn't cry about anything. So that is like the funny thing. About- I was gonna say, before we have tears, let's jump into number eight. When people think that you can just throw something together I wish people could hear I wish this was like a vlog or something so people could see my arms because like it adds to the exasperation well Um, as like a most recent example some teams think that you can just throw things together because you just kind of snip something from one thing (laughs) put it on another so technically they think you can just throw things together but it actually doesn't work that well if you want it to look presentable and actually nice that's a great point, because yes, there was something very recently that came up where we were like, oh, okay, we can kind of like make this work. Yeah, it's it just happens. ignorant to think like, I can throw it together. I'm like, I don't ask you to throw something together. I'm not a magician. I can't just like whip it together and send it off to you and it be done within like, you know, five minutes. That's not how it works. I think my favorite too is when people try to help you like they know the request that they're making is like an unacceptable time frame so they're like well what if we pull from this over here what if we use a little bit of this and they kind of start like framing it for you and you're like hold up you know that you are making a slightly unacceptable request and you are trying to lessen the blow by helping me so to speak it's not helping the lockups that people do for page 
when they're like, I kind of want, I want, like, this is what I'm envisioning. And I don't know if it's like a scribbled piece of paper or sometimes it's in like PowerPoint and then Paige has to go take it and try to make it look pretty or acceptable. And it's like, oh boy, like I've seen those and I'm like, I don't know what you would do with this. Like, this is rough. If I had to choose starting from scratch or reusing somebody's like work in quotes, I would do start from scratch every time because one, I feel like I almost am obligated to use what they did or at least some aspect of it. And two, it's, it usually ends up taking more work and more time from me because I'm like pulling at, you know, some strings here that just are just not going to go well. Paige, I would love if you started to keep like a repository of all of the napkin sketches that you get <laughs> so that would make, one day share that. that would make such a good coffee table type book for designers oh like what they asked and what the result was that could yeah be cool. or not even what the result was just what people have asked for like I started following this new design meme account on insta and I'm in love with it it's it's like one of the ones today was this bus going across the train tracks and the train hitting it. And the bus was to represent like you sending a design to a client and the train was the client saying, nope, I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't like it. And it, they just like blow up. <laughs> I don't know why, but I don't like it. I'm just like, oh, this is my life. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, it- that reminds me of what I wanted to do for your five-year page, but we didn't know if we could pull it off because it was going to be like life before page and life after page at the company, like or like what you took and then remade to be like more acceptable version. But we also thought it could have hurt some people's feelings. So. That's that's the worry. Yeah, I I prettied up quite a bit of stuff when I came in, but. The other part is, too, is I feel like some of the PowerPoint slides that we wanted to show that you, like, have taken and, you know, rebranded and spruced up, for lack of a better term, that some of those PowerPoint slides still find their way into use sometimes (laughs) by certain people. And I was like, "Mm, that would be bad. Like, where did you even find that? Like, in order to find, like, something that absurdly ugly like you would have had to really gone back in the archives like it's probably saved on their desktop and they just reuse it they're like I like this I don't care what Paige says Mm. (laughs) I like this drop shadow (laughs) yeah but Paige if you could just continue to make it pretty great sometimes I see my quotation marks of make it pretty yeah it just demeans what my job actually is when you're like I just made it pretty like oh yeah There's more that goes into it, but thanks. (laughs) I feel like, so going into like the just throwing something together, I feel like a lot of times there's an expectation to throw things together that people don't even know what they need or what they want. They just know that they want something, which is actually number nine. They have no idea what they're asking for or why. So when you start asking those questions that Sarah was talking about earlier, like, what's the goal? Who's who's the audience? Like, how is this going to get used? All of those things like they don't they don't know. So then it's hard work for them to think through that. And then I think that delays the process or they try to put it back on you. And you're like, well, I'm not the one requesting this. Like if I was creating something that I know we needed, I would have this information. But like, I didn't know we needed this because this is your realm of expertise and I need you to answer these things. 
So I think sometimes unnecessary work gets requested and even created sometimes. This is why we need to use the form. <laughs> this is the process piece. Well, when you're throwing things together or they don't know what they're asking for, a lot of times then you miss like the strategy or how it fits into the bigger picture. Like typically a piece of collateral or an email isn't just out there sitting by itself. Like there have been previous things sent or used. And so this needs to like play into the timing and what else they've been sent. Otherwise, none of it makes any sense or you're contradicting what you've already put out there. There's also an element of this where when you create something, you don't want it to just be a one-off. You want it to be something that you can repurpose in multiple places or with multiple clients or with multiple audiences. And that doesn't always happen if you're missing these things or if people don't know their intent. Then you create things that are just going to get used in like once and done, and that's not a good use of everybody's time. No. One of my favorite examples, I don't think we shared this yet, but is when someone sends you like three bullet points and they expect you to create two pages of content from that, which just, it's impossible, right? Like you need a little bit more to go off of. Or when they want to talk about five different things or they have five different messages and they want it all in one email and you're like, no, 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 we have to have a clear focus. So if you need all of these messages, that might end up being a five email campaign. I don't, you know, depending on what it is, but we can't overwhelm people with five different things or they'll, they won't click on or do anything that we ask them to do. So there is it's a like, lot of thought that goes into the back, behind the scenes of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it like paralyzes people because they don't know what the CTA is because there's five of them or whatever. They're like, well, what do I click on? I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do that, where like you get no content and you whip up like a two-page document. I'm like, oh, good job. I, I just, I got one of those the other day. I just submitted it to uh, Veronica to see if she wants to work on it. Because I was like, number one, I'm like, I'm not creating all this content. Number two, I have some bullet points and I'm like, this needs a content writer because we're going to kind of have to build something out of thin air. So yeah. You got to change bullet points into paragraphs. Yeah. Not super easy sometimes. Well, and I think this one, at least we can like, well, the hard one. So this is another thing that's kind of going to maybe take us down a little bit of a wormhole. But if there's no clear differentiators or if there's nothing that's going to make you stand out, if there seems to be like a lack of value or differentiators or additional benefits, that's when it's really hard because then you can't like hone in on a couple things and call special things out or like draw attention to specific things you're like well I mean this is kind of what it is so number 10 is probably one of my all-time pet peeves it's when people go around you and do it themselves because I end up having to clean up the mess of this every <laughs> single time and most of the time it's when they disregard like branding guidelines colors logos fonts whatever and I'm like wait 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 we have branding for a reason and you just decided to use this random like color yellow let's say and I'm like that just clearly is not us so it's like <laughs> you know it's a red flag and it's worse when they think they're like a graphic designer and they go into PowerPoint and they just like whip something up or go into Word and like I said I have to clean it up because clearly it's not going to go out to a client like that. 
I so we actually recently found a piece from the depths of some archive somewhere that somebody decided to revive and say, oh, we want to use this. This is perfect for what we need. Can we make a couple wording updates? And it was sent to us and we were like, oh, no, 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 no. Marketing did not create this. And it was very obvious because of something as simple as like the margins. The margins on the document right away we were like no we did not create this and then obviously there was a bunch of other things that needed to be cleaned up as well but i could just tell by looking at it like marketing didn't put this out like didn't produce this sometimes people just don't know that like like they couldn't tell the difference if you put like a marketing piece by something that was just like piecemeal together like they just don't know the difference and i feel like that's something that i have a hard time understanding how do you not know like that these are com two completely different things that's like a design eye like i think all of us we know what type of font we use we can tell that there's not the same sans serif we know that they used somewhat of a similar blue, but it's not our blue. Like it's very minimal things sometimes, but it gives it away because it's like, well, did you go around us because we didn't, we told you no because of the timeline? Did you go around us because you thought it would be easier? Did you not like hearing all these questions Yeah, from Paige, us? I'm thinking that's exactly it. Like this is why we don't push back and say, oh, you have to go through the form or no, this is too tight of a deadline. Like we, we let them we let them do this because we don't want them to go around us and present this crap to our clients instead of like a nice item. So we're too nice because we want to make sure what is out there is our best reflected product. So true. It's like, if I say no, will they just go around me and do it anyways? Yep. 90% exactly. yes. <laughs> so you're like, okay, I will work on your short deadline or I will work with what you give me or whatever, because yeah. We have like will, a brand new I'm not couple. afraid to slap someone on the wrist when they do this and go around me. I was like, this this is my job. Are you trying to take over my job? <laughs> you know? Little territorial. Yeah. My I, job. But honestly, though, something that it took them probably two hours to do, it could take me five minutes. So mm -hmm. at the same time, the company is wasting their money paying them to do something they're not educated on versus me. It's like, this is my job. I'm not going to take over what you do. It's very true. Yeah. When you put it in that perspective, I think that's really like, it's really enlightening and insightful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I wonder why, like, why do, why does everyone think they're like an amateur graphic designer? Like, it's fun. can you think of another career where people are like, ooh, I'm just going to do that? Or like, to your point, it's not like we go to developers and we're like, ooh, I'm going to try to code. <laughs> no. Listen, I can use filters on Instagram, so I am a designer now. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Can you imagine? We're gonna, I just wanna be a developer now or I want this done, so I'm gonna go figure it out and try to code it and make it work. I'm gonna be a surgeon. <laughs> let, me, let me do your appendectomy. <laughs> We're all doctors. We know WebMD. I saw Grey's Anatomy one time. Yep, I know. <laughs> I know these super fancy terms. This is hilarious. Uh, oh, this wow. conversation's killing me. We ready to go on our last and final pet peeves? Let's I'm sure there's many time. more. We had to narrow it down. Yeah, last that we can think of for right now. Yeah, we we sound like <laughs> really mean people if we keep adding to this list. But it's when you're the project owner and no one keeps you in the loop. I don't know about you guys, but this has happened quite a few times for me at least. Agreed. 
Yeah. I feel like it keeps happening to me. I was like, am I bad at my job? No No one copies me on anything anymore. So then I have to be like, Paige, I have more edits because I've never seen this document in my life and I don't know where it came from or who created it. But now I know me. just to CC you on everything. And I'm like, you can disregard if it's not apparent, but clearly someone went around you at one point in time. Uh. No, but it's like when they leave you off emails or they don't invite you to meetings and you clearly need to be there, it just ends up taking more work, like we said, because someone has to have that touch point for a very good reason. Sarah's our grammar guru. So if it doesn't go through her when it comes to content, so the collateral isn't ready for a client. I feel like I have like the opposite problem. <laughs> where I'm roped into things that like I'm not like the, or that I'm not necessarily the project owner for and people like decide to keep me in the loop anyways and then I get roped into things where I'm like is this going to be relevant for me and then I'm like no this was not relevant for me I did not need to be here everybody um, got everything done without perfectly fine without me jumping in or saying anything so it was, it was a waste of my time how many meetings do you go to where you didn't actually need to be there <laughs> no, it's not that high. It's probably more like 15 to 20% realistically. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like it's an FYI or you know what I mean? And so like, it's not like it's bad for me to be there or like completely irrelevant, but I don't have any direct actions. I am responsible for my team knowing certain things, right? So if the team doesn't know something and it was channeled through me, then it's a problem. So so could we almost go back to our number one pet peeve where it could just be an email and not a meeting? Yeah. Yes. It, call, it all comes full circle. Full circle. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening to us rant and rave here with our different pet peeves that we have. We're going to let you go now before we start adding on to this list because 11 was kind of already a lot and it probably was even more if you break it down further into each one of these that we had. So. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drunken Marketing. If you have a favorite or your most annoying pet peeve, let us know. Or if, you know, we missed one that definitely grinds your gears, <laughs> drop it in our comments. Visit us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. We'd love to hear it. Thank you for listening to Drunken Marketing. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences from the Wine and Whiteboards team. If you haven't checked out our full-length episodes, pour yourself a glass of your favorite vino and join us. We share marketing tips and design tips on everything from content marketing to website redesign and so much more. Wondering how you can support the show? If you love our podcast, leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe. Share it with your friends, family, enemies, or whoever else you think would enjoy the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're always looking for new listeners to add to our wolf pack. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>